Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. Nickel. And tell the show, we're talking about borders. And this one comes from a listener of the show, Just Pal, who said, Andrew, could you please cover border income agreements on a podcast episode? Can I get a property manager to scout for potential borders? And how do I find people who are actually trustworthy? Well, one of the strategies we often talk about in Wealth Plan, which is our book, and you can get that at your local Paper Plus or Whitcalls. One of the strategies we talk about in that book is if you want to get out of the starting blocks, get a border or get a flatmate. Now, this is kind of a bit like the earn baby earn strategy where you're looking to increase your income so you're able to either borrow more or get in the position to invest faster. But we want to get into the practicalities of it. And there are a couple of ways to think about it. It's some kind of twisted turns once you dig into the detail. And I'm assuming that we're talking about renting out part of your own home to a border as opposed to renting out a boarding house. Yeah, I think that's what he means. Now, Andrew, why do we suggest in our book, Wealth Plan, getting a border? Well, because it makes a huge difference. So let's say you get a mortgage of half a million dollars and it's on a 30-year term and you have interest rates 7%, your weekly repayments will be $768. Now, if you get a border or a couple of borders or a couple, whatever, and you charge them 300 bucks a week and you take that and you pay that extra $300 off your mortgage, it reduces your term of your loan, your repayment term, almost by half. Yeah, so you will pay off your mortgage 16 years early. Yeah, and in doing that, you're going to save $400,000 in interest. Huge difference once you start paying off your mortgage a lot faster. 400000 on a $500,000 mortgage. That's how much you're going to save by putting that extra $300 a week into your mortgage. And 16 years of having a mortgage. It's huge. Now, how do I actually go about finding a border? Now, Andrew, first question, can a property manager go and find a border for me? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think normally a property manager is likely to do that. I think it probably depends as well. Like, if you're renting out a single room in your house, probably not, right? Like, if somebody called up and asked one of our property managers to find a border for their home, we'd turn it down. And the main reason is that property managers, they want to manage your property over the long term. Finding a one-off border for $200 or $300 a week, it's just not worth their time. There's no money in it. So most of the time, you need to find the border yourself. But Andrew, what if you're renting out part of your property as a separate dwelling? Maybe you've got a minor dwelling on the back of your house. Yeah, that's a different story. That's when you get into a home and income situation where that property can be managed by a property manager because you're going to have inspections and you're going to fall under the Residential Tenancies Act. Yeah, so if you've got a separate dwelling on your property, maybe a two-bedroom unit out the back or just a set of one-bedroom unit that's fully self-contained, that's where a property manager could come in and help you out. Now, I will mention it because it's quite interesting. If you want a property manager to manage your boarding house and find tenants, let's say if there's seven bedrooms and you're renting them out all individually, the answer is again, yes, a property manager will help you out, but they are going to charge you a higher property management fee because it's a hell of a lot more work to manage seven separate agreements. Now, let's say that you aren't going to use a property manager. You're going to do it yourself, rent out just a bedroom in your house. What are the different ways you could use to find someone? So you've got three options. Firstly, it could just be someone you know. And usually we say, don't rent out to friends. We always say that. Ed, you're an example of that, aren't you? What do you mean? You went to live with one of our friends. Oh, yeah, that was a rookie mistake, I would say. I think one of your good friends, Andrew Nichols, said, do not live with that guy. It will be a nightmare. Well, you see, the big issue was we have very incompatible lifestyles. So you've got to remember, back at that stage, that was in 2019, and I was living with a guy called Brad Parsonson, <laughs> good friend of Andrew's. But Brad is a degenerate. <laughs> 
wants trees. That's why he's my friend. So Brad wants. I to told you not to live with him. Well, he wants to stay up at two a.m. or three a.m. in the morning. Party, party, mm-hmm. Brad. It's a Tuesday night. I've got to record the Property Academy podcast tomorrow. I want to be asleep at eleven p.m. And so this is a really good lesson for you all out there. First of all, stay away from Bradley Parsons. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Saba, his girlfriend. And <laughs> hey, anyone else. <laughs> but just make sure if you are going to live with a friend, make sure that your lifestyles are compatible because they could be a great friend, but that doesn't mean that you're going to have a good time living together. Having said that, uh, you know, I say that all with love. Brad's a lovely guy. Yeah. Now, and then, then you could just go to a complete stranger. And then there's Flatmates Wanted groups on Facebook. So the Flatmates Wanted Auckland group currently has 114,000 people in that group. But looking at the online posts, there can be quite bad engagement with properties being advertised on there. Yeah, it's quite surprising. That you've got 114,000 people in there. And then just flicking through the listings, a lot of people getting one or two likes. Doesn't look like they're getting much engagement no. on there at the moment. Maybe nobody's using Facebook anymore. And then Christchurch, um, yeah, it's 52,000 people in that group. Again, like I mean, I, I, I'm not probably the person that is going to likely be looking for a flatmate or looking to rent someone's room. But, you know, I don't think that Facebook would be where I would go for that. You um, might go to Facebook Marketplace these days. I, my understanding right. is property managers are getting some quite good engagement on there. Right, right, right. Which, yeah, okay, I didn't realise it was different. Um, then Trade Me is your third option. Don't laugh at me. You're such an old man. Oh, I didn't realise that Facebook Marketplace and Flatmates wanted on Facebook and oh, Facebook group is different. Know. Anyway, your third option is probably the option preferred by most people if you're looking for a stranger to live with you is Trade Me. So for $9.90, you can list for 14 days and you can update by $6.90 if you want a featured listing. So 17 bucks, you can advertise your room for rent. That's probably where most people go. But I tell you what, Andrew, the most successful situations I've seen with friends and people I know is when they've rented out a separate part of their house as a kind of home and income situation. So I had a friend living in Glen Innes. She and her husband bought a property. They lived upstairs. There was a separate one-bedroom apartment downstairs. Classic home and income property. And it works generally really well when you can lock out your tenants from downstairs. (laughs) And what I mean by that... You mean lock them to a separate part of the house, not lock them out of their room. Well, not lock them out of the room. Well, of course, the I don't mean. No, what I mean by that is when you can lock a door and your part of the house is your house and their part of the house is their part of the house because then you just have some really good separation. And I know we've got a client here at Opus Partners. He's got the same situation. He and his family live in a property and the downstairs has a separate one bedroom. I think it's either a studio or a one bedroom unit. And then that works really good for two reasons. The first is your board is not in your space. So if you're trying to raise a family, you've got a couple of kids, you might not want a border hanging around. You might want to have your own family space and that makes total sense. The second reason is you actually get a higher rental income as well because you could rent out that property as a separate dwelling or that part of your house as a separate dwelling rather than as a flatmate or border situation. And you could often go from renting out a room for maybe $250 to renting out that self-contained unit for $500 or $550 a week. So you end up being able to get that better rental return. But if you're going to do this, Andrew, what do you need to do legally to protect yourself? So the agreement that you have is going to depend on the type of tenancy arrangement that you've got and where they live in the house. So if they're in a separate part of the house, like it was just describing, that's a home and income. In that situation, you just use a standard tenancy agreement. And again, you could use a property manager to do that. 
And the important difference then is legally, those people are your tenants, they're not your flatmates. If they are living with you in your home, so they're in a room, then that is a flatmate and you need a flatmate or a home sharing agreement. Now, if they're a flatmate, legally, they're not covered by the Residential Tenancies Act. And do you, what's the notice period on that? Well, that's what you agree in your flatmate or house sharing agreement. Oh, so you could say we give each other one day notice or three weeks notice or whatever you want. Well, you could, but I don't think many people are going to accept one day notice. But you negotiate. It might be two weeks, might be three weeks, might be four weeks. But the good news is if they are going to be a flatmate, there are very few laws about what you can and can't do. (laughs) It's kind of up to you as the head tenant or the owner of the property to decide what you want. You'd be like... Kim Jong-un running the house, wouldn't you? Are you just saying that because my girlfriend's Korean? (laughs) Nice try. Make me look like the bad guy. And look, some of the things you might include in that agreement is what the board is, what's included. So the power, the internet, use of the kitchen. If they've got to pay a bond, again, how much notice they're going to have to give. And rules on visitors and overnight stays, which is interesting you put that there because I've been watching a bit more Judge Judy recently. I had a dream about Judge Judy the other night. Okay, tell me about that. I'll tell you it after we stop recording. So so I love Judge Judy, most reasonable woman that I've ever seen. Uh, They had a couple of flatmates there. And when the guy who was, you know, like a 50-year-old rented out to this 35-year-old man, the arrangement was that it was for him. Anyway, he had a girlfriend. She started staying over. And then it turned into, you know, uh, once a week. And then it was once every few days. Then it was every other night. And then it became every night. And Judge Judy most reasonable woman in the world, said, you know, did she have a toothbrush there? Did she have some of her makeup there? Did she bring an overnight bag? Did she have a key to try and establish whether or not twice the board should be paid? Anyway, it ended in tragedy. So if you have these things agreed, and again, you know, whether or not they smoke, don't roll your eyes at me, Edward. Well, thank you for for digging into American case law and its applicability <laughs> to the legality of New Zealand flatmate agreements. My point wasn't the law. The point was that they didn't have an agreement to it, and that's what caused animosity. Now, what about the tax side? Oh, yeah, that tax side. Yeah, well, the interesting thing, yeah. I know why you're hesitating. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because I- here's the truth, or here's, here's the official line, and here's what most people do. The official line is that legally, if you're getting income, it's income. you got to pay tax on it, right? So if the IRD ever investigates you and you know, ticks through your tax affairs and you haven't paid income tax on your flat-made income, naughty, naughty, you might find yourself in trouble. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was ta- – I didn't think you had tax. Well, I never had a border, so it doesn't matter. But the truth is, in practice, most people who have flatmates and use that money to pay down their mortgage don't pay tax on it, never declare it. Now, you're not saying don't pay tax on it. You're saying they don't. That's well, what I'm saying. not saying don't. No, yeah, no, no don't. That's, Well, that's what you no, said. No, no, you no. said don't pay. It sounded like that was your instruction. Now, what about insurance, Andrew? Now, with insurance, if you've got a border, you don't have to go and tell your insurance company. I don't think that's a requirement. But if your flatmate wants to protect their contents, they need to go and get flatmates insurance, which won't cost them a lot of money. Now, one stipulation of that is they need to have a lock on their door and they need to lock their room to protect against, well, I guess you, from going through their stuff and nicking it. So understandably, you might not want to encourage that. You'd hope that there'd be enough trust if someone's going to live with someone else that they're not going to be stealing their shampoo and their um, watch. And then just, Paul, your last question was, well, how do I find somebody who's really trustworthy? And I think the main thing is you want to find somebody who is a really good cultural fit, right? where you guys are in a similar stage of life or can at least get along. 
Now, if I think about how long I lasted at Brad's house. How long was it? That was, uh, this was a long time ago. I think it was six weeks. And did you get your bond back? I never got my bond back. <laughs> how much was it? It was about $1,000. Brad, you owe Ed $1,000. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've given up on that one because I just think I'm probably never going to get it back in there. But this is this is many, many yeah. years ago, right? So you just need I to want, have... I want I need it back and I want it CPI adjusted. <laughs> so you want you want to have uh, lifestyles that align with each other because you don't want a situation where someone's partying all night. Or it might not be that. It might be that you work different shifts and so therefore people are awake at times that you are trying to sleep and it just doesn't work or they've got kids. And if you are going to get a stranger in, I think you want to get them around have a good chit-chat, and you just want to find someone where you guys are on the same page. Go and have a drink with them. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Because you you get to know someone over a drink or two. Five. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 